0: Welcome to another fantastic edition of the Photography Bar podcast I'm Mark and as usual I am here with Cam and today we have a guest presenter with us Sarah how are you doing you okay I'm okay thank you
1: Sarah uh, works with the graduation uh, photography that we do Um, Sarah tell us about uh, what what work that you specialize in
2: Predominantly, it's school photography. That's most part of my job line. Uh, I do like to do the occasional sort of candid family photo shoot. Um, I like to avoid weddings; don't like them that much. Um, but yeah, mostly it's nurseries and and schools throughout the year. So class groups, portraits, in you know, graduations with you guys. That's pretty much it.
1: It's it's stuff. So Sarah's joining us uh, this week and um, kicking off with um, uh, this week's stories. Um do you guys know or what do you think is the and this is a positive story that we're going to start off with. How, how many what percentage of photographers do you think fail in their first two years of starting a photography business? I
0: thought we I thought it was gonna be a positive thing. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's so great stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really positive one, everybody. Yes. Who's <laughs> failed in the first two years? Um I mean, I'm assuming we're excluding the COVID situation
1: yeah yeah generally yeah.
0: though yeah okay generally and we're talking percentages right
1: hmm, yeah what okay you
0: well I, d- I don't know to be honest I'm going to go positive though because otherwise this could not be. I'm okay. going to go 60% succeed maybe 40% okay. Sarah don't what like you positive. think
2: oh I'm really unsure on this as well I I don't know how it depends on the industry that they're working in and how easily they can get that work. I think, you know, school photography side of things, there's always an abundance of work. There's no shortage of schools, but in other sides of things, I think studio stuff like that, that that percentage of failure could actually be potentially quite high. I'd maybe go over 50% of people who kind of go, actually, I'm I'm not cut out for this. They don't give it that enough time to sort of, see the benefits further down the line it, it's too tough in that first year perhaps I'm not sure.
1: Actually you're 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 right Sarah you're in fact um the percentage is higher than you've indicated but you're sort of thinking on the right lines and that it is quite high just 85% wow. is the figure. What fail okay, photographers will fail. That's right. Yeah. line. Okay now um so now, turn this around is a for
2: positive for us now cam.
1: Yeah go on positive 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 <laughs> well because then you've got the remaining 15 that are going to be absolutely amazing so you know you've got this 15% of photographers that are going to storm into the industry and do really well there's your positive yeah now <laughs> um, i i think uh, I, I don't know how how what this service really based on because you've got so many photographers that do come in as a part you know within uh, maybe up a open up a part time business that type of thing or you know they're just just doing something on the side or how many people do it seriously but how many? I wonder how many people take on a new studio in this day and age, the, the the risk and the expense of taking on the overheads of having a studio. Because more and more photographers have got studios at, at home, don't they? You know, whether they've converted a garage or they've got a separate room, you know, a lot of independent photographers, that's how they work. And yeah, and there are the people with the big studios. I mean, I know here in my local area here in in, in Bedford now, I can't think of a of a big studio that's here. There used to be many years ago. Really? There hasn't been many, many years. there's quite right?
0: a few near me. So right. So yeah. there's obviously the one I help um, in, in Coventry. Um, mm. There's actually one, because um, I'm not sure if listeners know, but I've moved house recently, and there is actually another studio just around the corner from me, um, which I really need to go and do some snooping about. Um, and then there is a couple in Leamington, which is about 15 minutes drive from here um so there are quite a few around where i am
2: so it's a strange studio i have no idea in terms of what's local to me obviously i'm based in birmingham then i imagine there's quite a few but where i'm situated at home there's not anything around and i feel that there would be less studios on high streets one because there's so much online shopping and stuff going on that there's less sort of foot tread on the high streets now that it wouldn't be sort of beneficial to have a rented studio out on the street somewhere when you can quite easily use your home environment.
0: I mean, I've always thought that. I mean, um, I worked for Venture for, for a while and, and they are very much about having a, a studio on the high street. Now, um, I, I guess that varies, but, you know, the high street in Lemonson Spa is rather pricey on the rental. And I always did wonder, why don't you just go out of town a little bit? Um, uh, Because it was always a point based it wasn't you know you didn't get the footfall going oh i know let's do a photograph now you know it's not something that you, you tend to do it's all tend to be appointment based so i always did wonder why um they were never on the high street i guess you could do a studio sitting and then go f- for lunch afterwards and things like that um i mean my studio isn't on a high street um but i think it also yeah.
1: it's different for the type of photography that you do like you know i i don't do um family portraits but any studio stuff that i do is commercial based and i've got an office here and then next door i've got a um what i really use as a meeting room but i will use that as a a studio if i need to shoot maybe small products but most of my work that i'll go out that i would need to do for for customers is is going out on site to go and do stuff that's just the type of stuff that we do I always sort of really promised myself I would never have the overheads you know when I set up my own business many years ago I, I never wanted to have a studio I didn't want the overheads because in fact two photographers that I worked with when I was in my early 20s um, both of them had studios which they ended up closing down um, and I, I and from that it always gave me this thing that it was going to be like a, a real sort of chain around your neck you know that overhead so i always wanted to do it without and i've managed to do that actually for all these years um you know and as i said small products i can bring in here and do and that's not really a problem but more often than not it's just going out to out to the client to go and do it but so i think it's different for different people when they take on the overheads of the studio but just going back to that survey of, of you know um 85 it says 60 percent of photographers give up their business so i'm not sure does 85 percent of photographers fail um and in the in the first year it says 60% of photographers give up their business so I'm not sure what I've, no. I've not read the report in depth but that wasn't really what I was going into but anyway so it I then read another article which relates quite well to this because it says here that could relate to why some people do fail have failed in their photography business but it says the seven challenges of being a photographer and, and how to overcome them in brackets so it says here that the top challenges of being a photographer are marketing your photography business Mm -hmm. getting the right photography permissions navigating the hidden brief buying public liability cover ensuring professional equipment looking after your health and understanding copyright now apart from the first one really um, which is marketing your photography business I don't see how the other ones are relevant no. So seven challenges of being, seven challenges of being a photographer and how to overcome them: buying public liability cover ensuring professional equipment looking your after health. health i don't think they've yeah. yeah. they got nothing to do with whether either your business survives or i fails. think
2: confidence i think the, the biggest thing is having that confidence to market yourself mm. definitely that's the one thing i know i struggle with a lot if somebody says oh do you know a really good photographer i wouldn't put my hands up and say mm. yeah me I would say, oh yeah, I know a really good person over there. You should go and see them because it's having that confidence within yourself to promote yourself and say, No, you don't want to go with anybody else because I'm the best. And mm. I think that's a huge thing. Uh, confidence in people generally.
0: Do us Brits generally have that issue though, where we we're not very good at blowing our own trumpet. Is, well, is, is that a thing? Is that a thing? Oh yeah, there's always yeah, <laughs> there's always an exception to the rule. But you know, if you if 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 we were having this conversation amongst a group of Americans, I think they'd be like, what? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, They would be you shouting see, from the rooftops about how good their business is. I yeah,
1: you is. See, my, I don't know. see, my background was always photography, okay? It was never marketing. And yeah. over the years I've learned about marketing, but I've never done a, a proper marketing course, which is what I should have done. Now I've noticed in recent years, when I look at some other photographers that have come into the industry, And they're not in their 20s and the 30s, they're perhaps in their 40s and their 50s. And the number of people that I've read, when I read what you know, about how they became a photographer, the number that have said, I used to be in marketing or I used to work for a creative company. And and what they've done is they've they've got a background of marketing, and then they've become photographers. Now, I think that's probably if you're thinking of starting a business now, if there's anyone out there, is do your photography, but concentrate more on the marketing before you go out there and really set your business up. You know, it's like any business. If you don't, you know, it's no good having a business if you don't tell anyone about it. You know, if you're the only one that knows about it, you're not going to get any customers. And so my expertise is far from marketing. You know, I'm I'm not very good at marketing myself, but what I do try and do is I do try and use others. So at the moment, this time of year, when we we spent time reviewing our websites and and putting things into place for this year and 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 i've noticed that that um our wedding website so for example has really dropped down the rankings in google because we've not we've really taken our eye off the ball particularly last year because um because we were so busy doing other stuff now algorithms and things change and google changes its parameters and so if you've got a website you need to be sorting your seo out
0: yeah i just want to come in because i i i've conversation with a few people marketing doesn't necessarily mean online there are other ways in which you can market yourself as well by the way everyone does have this obsession of websites and websites are very important don't get me wrong um i mean i get my clients through corporate gift initiatives or so working with other businesses um which is very different to, I, it's very rare someone will go onto my website and go oh yeah i want a book normally that they've been recommended by someone or I've done it through these corporate initiatives that I've got with other businesses. And that's how I get my clients in. So it's not always about websites and, and social media. Yeah, they are important, but I wouldn't say it's everything.
2: I'd say most people are more inclined to look at a social media platform than they are a website that's specific for you. Anyway, they'd quickly look at your Instagram and and get an idea of what you're like, what you do and take mm. it from there. And I think, you know, the, the best form of marketing is that word of mouth as well, a Bit old school fashioned thinking that perhaps, but you get sort of a genuine customer who has a real interest in, in what you do when it comes from somebody else saying, I really recommend this person.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think we mentioned this in the last episode, Mark, or recently anyway, but um, and I've been speaking to some different people in marketing. I think it is true. I think generally the leads that you perhaps get from say, Facebook are sort of lower spending. Instagram, you're going to get a, possibly a bit of a higher spend. But really, they're saying that quality leads really come from your website. And although it's now very easy where we say, uh, yeah, I get all my work from Instagram, all of that, the, the website, and I haven't spoken to people in the last couple of weeks, the webs your website is still absolutely key to what you do.
0: Mm, I mean, I find and my so- quality leads come from again, these initiatives that I have with other businesses, because you're associated with a business that they're already invested in. Does that make sense? So, yeah. um, so for example, if, if, if they've gotten a voucher for doing X with this business of one of my vouchers, and, oh, well, I'm linked to something that they're already involved with, so, therefore, it's easier to get the booking in, and the spend is better. Do
2: you think it's an element yeah, it's of br- trust?
0: Yeah, there is an element of trust there. I mean, if I've been working with a business for a while, maybe that the, the business owners have come in and had a family portrait done with me and they've gone, this is really good, they spent. And then they'll go, well, you've got this business. Why don't we set up this? I can do X for you and you can do this for me. Um, it's the same. I, I do something with like music schools and, and all sorts and I do things for them and then I, I get their leads basically and because i'm linked i mean there's a drop off you know if you get like 40 leads from these you might get 10 in but those 10 are going to be quality
1: mm. yeah uh, but i think it's it's constantly finding new leads it's finding mm. finding new customers new new types of inquiries and so that the, the whole reason for sort of me mentioned this is just jumping back so we just sort of keep on on that subject of about marketing your photography business is that i've got somebody who's doing some seo um mm. for me because about it try and sort of do what can i do myself um, but i'm now paying somebody to actually do it um mm. and, and and it's got to be affordable and um and the way i'm doing it at the moment it, it, it is affordable for me to do it fortunately but i've always believed that like you know i believe that i'm a photographer i do what i do that's what mm. i do but i'm not I'm not a social media expert. I'm not a marketing person. I'm not this. And, and as photographers, we try and do everything. So we say, you know, I've got my business. So I need to do the social media. I need to do the SEO. I need to, um, uh, you know, we always try and take on everything ourselves. And suddenly then you you find that you're getting so overloaded with stuff that you find that you don't do any of it properly. And that's mm-hmm. always, that's always a concern. So your social media is not very good because, you are not really a social media person. You're not keeping up to date with algorithms, things, and I think I said to you, Mark, and I mentioned it in here several times, is during COVID somebody got in touch with me about Facebook advertising, and mm. this was the third week of the first lockdown. So it's the worst time to actually say, you know, do, do you fancy spending some money with me, you know? <laughs> and so I just, uh, you know, I spoke to spoke to this guy that contacted me, and we came we came to a uh um you know a a deal a a compromise shall we say and he started doing some facebook marketing for me and i could see the difference that it was making and i booked a considerable amount of work um from the work that he actually did that i had no knowledge of how it was doing because he was tweaking the ads all the time and now algorithms were changing and he put ads up that i would never have put up but they were getting a reaction
2: Mm
0: yeah that's no I, I'm, it is important to do that stuff I think the mm. point I was trying to say is, it, it's not everything everyone does bang on about the internet and actually mm. I still think face-to-face relations with other people and other innovative ways of getting clients in are just as important and I think the only reason I know that is because I work for another company for 10 years and I've just copied what they've done and I think the, the other thing, you know, when we're talking about this 85% failure of, of businesses and never and you're talking about marketing and all these other things, I think actually part of it is experience, you know, I didn't go out on my own until 10 years after being in the work environment, you know, um, I made sure it was venture I worked for I made sure I knew how their ex I was on their exhibition stands learning how to do that I was on their tele sales and learning how to do that I was doing I did made sure I learned every little element of that business so that when I come to do my own stuff I, I'm, I've i got those skills I'm not the best at all of it but I can do it and mm. I'd probably suggest anyone who's thinking about being a photographer and, and all that kind of stuff don't necessarily work for yourself first learn from someone be an apprentice or work for a studio or, or whatever it is because you can make the mistakes on their time rather than your own that's a benefit definitely And, um, you know, you learn learn the innards of the business and how it works, because I think a lot of people just think, oh, I'm going to be a photographer. It's a really cool job. Yeah, it is. But you don't see the 90 percent of the other stuff that we have to do in order to keep the business mm -hmm. running.
1: Yeah. When I spent 15 years working for different people before I set up on my own, um, it was at least 15 years, actually. Um, But I think but that's I think how the world has just changed now, because now people just encourage to sort of be far more entrepreneurial now and go out there you can set up your own business as soon as you you know you can set up your own business while you're at school now you know (laughs) um yeah but to research social media
0: to research Mm. what you're gonna get into and how to do it i think is entrepreneurial if you i'm gonna set my business up in five years time right yeah i need to know the ins and outs of this business right i'm gonna work for someone first that is still entrepreneurial
2: well could you not do while in the working environment as well though So I did school photography employed for for 10 years, Uh, much like you, Mark. You sort of learn all the ins and outs and decide whether or not it's something you want to proceed with on your own time. Mm. But there's nothing to say that if you're straight out of university and you you go off and get your photography job that you couldn't set up your own thing at the same time and, and progress in that as you go, as you're learning at the same time, you could be learning both along the way.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, there was actually a uh sort of like a a couple of years period where i was working for venture and i was doing exactly that it's that kind of buffer period i guess um but yeah no absolutely there's no reason why you can't do that as well
2: but yeah Yeah. just dependent on what you feel works for you and how much you can take on and manage on your own i suppose
0: yeah absolutely
1: which is a subject that we've spoken to many times, and it's a subject, it's an ongoing subject when we talk about something mm. like this. And certainly, marketing is, and uh, we've had some marketing people on on the show several times actually since the since the podcast started, and um, we'll get we'll get a couple more on I think over the next few weeks as well. Uh, yeah, it's a good time of year to do that. But moving on to something different, Um, Sarah, you you are a Canon shooter, is that right?
2: I am. Yes, always have been.
1: And you are DSLR, not mirrorless.
0: Is that right
2: from what I remember? No, I have both. both. Yeah. Yeah, So um I use my mirrorless a lot for sort of my candid sort of photography of family photo shoots, nurseries when they're in their classrooms, playgrounds, that kind of thing. Um I also use the mirrorless for the graduation stuff, but for the schools, I use my 7D. Um, mostly because the amount of photography you're taking, I'd rather take that take the big hit than my lovely shiny new mirrorless, basically.
1: Yes. So with are you phasing out or or you're being forced to really eventually? Do you think you're going to phase out the the DSLR? Uh,
2: Possibly. I did before buying a mirrorless. I did a lot of research into whether it was worth doing it or not. Um, So the mirrorless was sort of the first one that I went for and i did so much between whether i was going to get the r6 or you know uh, go for the other models of other brands and basically i couldn't step away from canon i really I tried i couldn't do it <laughs> um, but i feel it's lighter it's it's nice and easy to use and obviously with its little adapter for obviously all the other lenses i got for my dslr it's ideal at the moment um i do think it's it's better it's quieter it's it just feels nicer in a way and a bit more up-to-date perhaps
0: when you don't use it when you're using your seven is 7d
2: yeah
0: miss do you miss the eye focus
2: I do, yeah. yeah. That's one thing um, because it kind of just kind of goes. Oh well, we'll go over here and focus on on this yeah. point the 7D, which is fine when you're doing a school setup and you're sort of focusing on that same sort of point every time. But mm. when it comes to those candid things, and you know, you've got a kid running around, it's yeah. it's perfect to sort of know. Yeah, I've got that shot because that little green square's there, yeah. and I know it's nice and crisp in the eyes. Um, I know we've spoken about this before, though. It's slight like favoritism um when shooting groups so how mm. it's generally favors a male subject over a female subject um i, I hadn't actually oh, noticed that, that? no I oh you, i thought that. i had the conversation no with
0: you, not with not with me ah interesting. Okay.
2: have you so, noticed it on your r6 at all then mark
0: i haven't no? noticed it but now you've said it i'm gonna i'm gonna pay attention to that um, so you're saying in a group
1: photo it will prioritize a male over a female face yeah, is that because so, of hair
2: or no so from what I can figure perhaps is that it all sort of boils down as to who's making the project uh um the elements and things like that so it's sort of going back to who's designed it and put it all through that it does kind of have a preference because that's how it's been designed to be so it's potentially sure. that you know a male that designed it and all of a sudden it's like I prefer men maybe that's a bit of a feminist approach but I have seen I thought I was sure it was you Mark but it must be somebody else they were yeah. saying when shooting wedding photography in particular they, they're photographing the bride and groom coming down the aisle or you know fathering the bride or something like this and you want the focus more to be on the bride but the bride. It, would, it would go over to the the male and and select their focusing eye oh, no. more more times than the female i've
0: not noticed that but i'm now gonna that's have a, to we're now all
2: gonna... gonna go off and research <laughs> yeah i absolute garbage yeah.
1: <laughs> that's a head of a headline that is isn't that it that is
2: maybe
0: there's you been right, some right.
2: updates right. since the last research i did we'll have to check into that a little yeah, bit yeah. but i, I have been a, a priority definitely well
0: and the is that, was with that research is- that you did though no this is interesting i want to ask a few more questions about this <laughs> um is that canon specifically or is it across no. the brands
2: across everybody as far as i could wow. figure yeah
0: wow okay we'll have to look into that i think i'm definitely gonna have to check that out i'm gonna we'll have to do some field tests about that because that's crazy
2: Yeah, I know it's easy enough to sort of rectify. You're able to switch your focusing point and things like this. But I think initially, when you're looking at those subjects, so you've got a big family group, for example, um, everybody can go off and have a little test and see what they come out with. Yeah,
1: I really love to to test that now. Yeah, Yeah, I'd love to try that. (laughs) I'd love to hear what other people think as well. Anyway, my reason for asking that was uh, I wanted to let let people know what you use anyway, uh, Sarah. But DSLRs, go back to DSLRs, how long? do you think they will remain valid? I mean, seriously, they'll always be there because people have got them looking for years. But I'm talking within the professional industry. When do you think DSLRs will become obsolete in the professional market?
2: Obsolete? That seems quite definitive, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, five to 10 years? I've seen that's quite a broad spectrum, but I've seen so many have already switched over to mirrorless. I I think a few years, maybe five
0: I suppose, then, I suppose the end is marked by when can, when camera manufacturers stop making them. Is is yeah. that is that? I mean, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I think five years.
1: Okay, it's well. Th- this is not quite. You know, we're we we're, we're talking about DSLR becoming obsolete because of mirrorless cameras. That's right. Yeah, that's what we're okay. saying. Well, that's that's However, what you're,
0: you're something Yes. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that <laughs> now, but I'm not yeah. actually
1: because because and this comes from a Sony executive, a Sony boss, uh, has said that smartphone cameras will make DSLR cameras obsolete by 2024. But that's
0: nonsense because they're not in competition with DSLRs.
1: He goes on to say smart. I said he, it could be a she, he or she oh, said smartphone cameras.
0: Hey. They, smart yeah.
1: phone, they. Smartphone cameras will produce better quality than standalone DSLR cameras by 2024. That's you your know phone, I so- think
2: that's a possibility. I've um heard of people doing full wedding photo shoots with, with just an iPhone, for example, mm. and I, the quality yeah. being quite spectacular. But
0: I don't understand how the quality can be spectacular because the sensor on the knife. is. It, I'm only is,
2: going off what I, people have said. No, I
0: know I've heard because I've heard the same. I've heard the same stuff, but I just I can't see it. The sensor's like tiny. Uh, I I don't get how you could compare uh, a 35 mm sensor size to one that's the size of a pinhead. I just uh, yeah. I suppose it depends
2: on what you're using that imagery for and how. Mm. Big you want to make that image and whether it's going on a billboard somewhere or whether it's just staying on a screen you know if it's only for web for example then that quality could be just as good maybe better
0: yeah
1: that's the key to it maybe. that's what i was going to say it's print quality really at the end of the day composition wise it's going to be the same whether you're shooting on a on a phone or whether you're shooting on a dslr it's not and that's not really going to make any difference um you can have great depth of field now on smartphones you can do all of yep. those things However, it's the, the print quality that just concerns me there. Now, you were saying that this f- photographers. I didn't know that anyone was actually doing it, but I'm sure there is, because I thought I've for a number it. of years that someone's going to be coming out and marketing themselves as um, shooting weddings on smartphones. And if they're doing it now, they're doing it. It's a marketing thing. It's like the lady um, who we came across, didn't we, Mark, on the previous episode, we were talking about her, this new marketing uh, um, uh, what gimmick or, or marketing plan. Where she was uh, offering uh, people a a lifetime shoot, wasn't it, or something? Anyway, I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. I go over that again. yeah, <laughs> it's wedding marketing. It's you know, shooting a wedding on a smartphone um, is is really a marketing thing for some people, and and it, it will take off. You know, it's going to happen at some point.
0: Is is it really about like how many people
1: are going to? But how many people are going to value it? How many people are going to value somebody shooting on a phone before they say, actually, hang on a minute, we'll just get all our guests to take the photos. So they've got to be doing something very different. Yeah, Yeah, But they've got to be doing something very different on their phones. What can they do that other people can't do?
2: Well, I think so many people don't realise that on their smartphone, the camera settings can be adjusted as well. Mm. They don't realise that the qualities and things like that are changeable. And so they just whip out the phone, take a snap, and they don't consider the you know rule of thirds, depth of field, or the exposure mm-hmm. and things like this. Um, but you know, yes, you can go down that marketing. I'll market that. I'll do these, you know, smartphone wedding photo shoots. But then you're going to get so many more people that are a guest are going. Well, I can do that. Yeah, so mm. that industry can't last for long, surely.
0: No, and there are obviously things like lens selections, and you know, you can't have a 200 mil lens on a on a smartphone well,
2: have you seen the, the clip over lenses that you get yeah
0: no, i know i have seen those but but they're not the same you know no, they're well, not no. but uh um
1: yeah so but i know what you're it's, saying um, it's like
0: guests can just do that
1: that's right yeah so anyway jumping on to something else now these are quick these are well like, one other thing um, one other thing before we get off <laughs> smartphones,
0: um, yeah, sorry go on yeah uh, because uh, the, the one thing i have thought about though and I hope I mean mirrorless it might be more obvious because some of the things have actually transcribed over it to it. But you know the smartphone does have some great little features, doesn't it? On 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 you know when yeah. you're really taking pictures and stuff, um, it has some pretty naff ones as well, like putting bunny ears on you or whatever. That's like a Snapchat thing, isn't it? Um, but what would what kind of um, just just wondering what kind of um, application would you like to see that you'd have on a smartphone? But you don't have on your on your mirrorless or your DSLR. Is there anything that you go? Actually, that would be really cool if I could put that on my camera. Oh,
2: good question.
1: Yeah, that is a good question. Um, so, what would you put on the smartphone? It's already on your camera. Um, no, no. So, so what's on sorry, the camera-
0: smartphone? So, you might use a certain filter <laughs> or something on your smartphone. Right. Okay. Yeah. But actually, you think oh, if I could have that on my mirrorless, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I wonder how many people because... would say the selfie mode.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, there is that, yeah, I guess. there you go. Yeah. You see,
2: I,
1: I've got to be honest, I don't use my phone all that much for photos. You know, I don't think about it. When when I take when I use my phone for photos, I don't think anything of it. I just open it, take the picture, mm. and I'm done. I don't I don't I never look to do anything creative on my phone at all. Um maybe I should, but you know, I uh um no, I'd have to think about that actually. That's a good question yeah. though, because it's gonna I mean they're only gonna get better.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're, they're only going to have more and more. They're going to have more and more features. They're going to get better and better. And you said, what, a smartphone with a 200 mil lens? It, it's coming. I can guarantee it. Nothing's
2: is At what point is it not a pocket sized smartphone? Exactly. It, the, the phones have got, <laughs> they shrunk at one point and now they're getting bigger and bigger. So at what point can you distinguish between it just being, you know, a little simple snap and shoot digital camera to, one that then just makes a phone call as well
0: yeah mm. yeah i mean i suppose yeah. one of the one of the biggest things that you know we all used to using with a smartphone which has now gone to mirrorless is the exposure simulator which we now have on our our sixes
2: yeah
0: i mean that that is an amazing feat now you got that on your cameras whereas you could just have it on your phone and you can see the exposure before you take it
1: yeah that's right yeah but uh, yeah, that I, I, that's something that's worth thinking about. I'll talk about that on another episode, actually, because I'd, yeah. I'd like to think that that through, actually. But um, but also, know, so anyone listening was...
0: to this episode, just write on our social yeah. medias. What would you like to that's see right, on your yeah. camera that your smartphone has?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, going on to some, and again, this is going to be relevant to everyone. Okay, you you go out and you, you buy a new camera, or oh, you've had a camera for years. Doesn't really matter. And you buy, you know, you buy your your your, your camera body. You buy your lens. The next most important thing that's really going to be in that box that you buy is your battery. Um, and as we know, one battery isn't is never going to be enough for most of us. We always need a spare. So, Smooth. where are you two on on genuine batteries or third party batteries?
0: Smooth link there, Cam. I like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so I
2: would always ordinarily have the branded one. I do have okay. one third party. I bought a camera secondhand, it said it came with its box and a battery, but the battery was not a Canon battery. And mm. I have to say, it works perfectly fine. It holds yeah. its life just as much as the others to the point where maybe yeah. I would consider it, but there's something I like about having a Canon battery and a Canon camera, and maybe it's snobby of me, I'm not sure, but it just feels like the right thing to do to have those compatible units together without messing with anybody <laughs> else.
0: And I like the fact Cam kind of says, "Yeah, you always need one spare." I mean, we probably need that. That would six. be my
2: spare. We need about six <laughs> right, yeah. spares. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, uh,
0: but yeah, I mean, I use this. I've, I, I dig this out because there we go. It's called it's it's Hanel. I think. Yeah. H a h n e l Hanal. That's Extreme. my one that's the, the one you got yeah. I have. yeah yeah they're like half the price of the canon ones and they are just as good there it is as
2: well. absolutely
0: yeah. no issue i remember because i was you know I, I had to buy two at one point and they were looking at the canon ones that so was what they're about like 70 quid each or something aren't they the canon ones like yeah
1: well, really, i haven't bought one in a while, oh,
0: yeah, yeah, one in a while. But, uh these these yeah. were half the price and just as good really um i mean we did see that one at the show didn't we where you can plug the battery directly into a usb port to charge rather than having to use a charger yeah
1: that's right yeah yeah that yeah that that's the first time i'd seen that in fact that yeah. was the guys who we're going to be doing a competition with uh,
0: at some point in the near future yeah we just need to work out how to put a competition together because we're not very good at that, exactly
2: <laughs> that's right yeah but social media um, marketing
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and then marketing yeah <laughs>
2: that's
0: right
1: yeah but you know that um you really notice a, a battery's usage when you're shooting video more than more so than you are when you're shooting photos, uh, because you, you're using the, the, the you know, uh, everything the camera, that much more if you're shooting video, because that's one thing I really do notice. Now, I definitely know that with the Sony a7 III cameras, that the third party batteries that we've got don't don't last anywhere near as long as a genuine Sony ones. However, with the Canon R6, when you're shooting photography, then the genuine Canon battery and the third party batteries I've got are Pretty much exactly the same. Have you tried uh, using you video
0: got this... with your R6? Have you tried no, doing haven't. that test? Mm, that might be interesting. No. Yeah,
1: yeah, I have to try that. But you know, we're a lot of people are always a bit wary about getting third-party batteries. You know, we are, but there are some genuinely good companies, like the company that you've just mentioned, Mark. And so mm. that and there's there's Niwa, that's the other company, who are very good and, and, and offer some great products. I've got quite a few Niwa batteries, and some of those are for battery-operated battery-operated lights, not just for cameras. And some of the stuff is really good. So third-party battery options are really good to look at. The only thing that I would say is, and I've never been aware of this, do you think that some features on a camera may not um, be live or not usable if you're not using a genuine, say, Canon battery? Because I know in Sony, when you, if you put a third-party camera battery into some Sony cameras, you get a message that comes up that says <laughs> something like, this is not the correct battery.
0: Yeah, but Sony, you are for using that. It. Sony are Sony are buggers for that type of thing, though, aren't they? I mean, I'll go I'll back to the, old, the yeah, old memory he's stick. Like a
2: money maker.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like the old <laughs> memory stick it. that Sony used to use, that purple memory stick. Do you remember those, Sarah? The purple memory stick that Sony No, I don't use?
2: think I do.
0: So you had smart media, compact flash. This is an SD came along um at some point. But Sony did their own. It was this purple thin stick. And you could only buy Sony versions of this, and they were like twice the price of all the others. So that just sounds like another Sonyism to me, Cam.
1: Um, yeah,
0: but uh, <laughs> Apple do the same, don't they? I, mean, I they was just to about yeah, yeah. It. having Apple. a
2: closed unit system. Yeah, Apple yeah. did exactly that. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. Used- and Apple are ahead of a lot worse
0: at it than Sony. Oh, I, I wouldn't. I would not say they are. I think they're I on think- the par i think think apple did it
2: well perhaps
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay
1: right so um so on the whole though we're saying that third-party battery camera batteries are perfectly fine they last in most cases probably not they're not that different to buying a genuine branded battery i think
2: you would just have to do your research into into which third-party brands you really want to go for because like Mm. any you could buy some amazon jobby third-party battery and it'd be completely useless you would that's still do risk, your yeah. research into a decent quality third-party yeah. battery yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Absolutely. okay i've got i've got one more thing if we've got to talk about this um, okay now uh okay. when share when share right uh released the song was it believe what was that song called uh do you believe is that do what the song was called do do be- that
0: one. that's the one yeah right. <laughs> it's, called, it's just called although believe, i haven't got whatever. the auto-tune right. warble on my voice <laughs> But, okay,
1: um, right. Well, actually, the what was groundbreaking about it, and you've just given it away, Mark. Okay? Oh, sorry. What was groundbreaking about that song? <laughs> okay. It was that she was the first act to use autotune. And I've been watching this series on Netflix. I think it's called Pop something. And I think it's about six episodes about the history of pop, but it's really quite uh it's it's quite interesting. It's an interesting thing to watch if you're just a fan of music anyway and they talk about auto-tune and there was a there was an act called and i'd never heard of him actually t-pain it was
0: yeah, yeah huge
1: yeah, yeah. right i had heard of him right and yeah. uh and he got slated for using auto-tune yeah. uh back in the day and yet yeah, he was a genuinely good singer he was a genuinely good you know but he used auto-tune and he used it as more of an experiment to see what was going on what you could do with yeah. it and uh, anyway, people he say he ruined
0: R and B or something like that. Or yeah, yeah, there was
1: all sorts going on, and that that yeah. program really features heavily on that. But it's about um, it's about you know uh, using new technology and moving forward with things. Yeah. And now you know when we moved from film to digital, we sort of went through that. Then I still remember that. You know, people say, "Oh, it's cheating! It's not real photography." You know, it's not shooting on film. Well, you know, technically,
0: they're... if I'm going to get really it technically it isn't real photography. But we'll we'll, we'll carry on with
1: it, <laughs> right? Okay, but you're <laughs> still, but, but you are still creative. You can't say digital photography has taken creativity out of shooting an image at the time of shooting an image. I'm not talking about Photoshop, no, not no. talking about editing, but I'm talking at the time when you're using your camera. You know, you're, you're being it's just as creative in the same way, aren't you? The only difference is you can see your image straight back. Mm. Uh, and with mirrorless, you can actually, you know, see what you're getting through the viewfinder and change the way that you're shooting. Anyway, um, so this is where AI comes in now, artificial intelligence, uh, because there is a lot going out out on in in the industry now with artificial intelligence, in that this could genuinely affect photographers, but not just photographers, but the the lasting impact, uh, the, the impact that it's going to have on. The creative industry. I'm talking about marketing companies. It's going to have a knock-on effect of photographers, designers, uh, models, because they're going to be needed. Are they going to be? Are they going to be relevant anymore as photographers? Are we going to going to be relevant? Because at the moment, artificial intelligence. You can type into some of the 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 AI. Um, uh, programs that you've got uh, uh, get me a picture of a blue sky with three monkeys and a giraffe Okay, <laughs> yeah. and it will do it for you and it will do okay? it, in, yeah. a matter, it will, yeah. in a matter of seconds okay you can type anything in and, and and it and it will do it and at the moment it's very art-based it's very sort of uh, um, you know it's like paintings almost is is the best way mm. to do it okay it's not it's not okay but it's going to get to the point where companies have got or will it get to the point where a company has a product that they would go to a photographer to to have it shot but they're not going to go to the photographer now because they can type in whatever they want online um and the image will be created there and then so uh, yeah but i I mean it's not going to happen because no it's it's happening it is happening yeah
0: um yeah but you know and it's got a long way to go i think before because it's still it is still very much dependent on quality images that were already on the internet. Um, you know. And there is a lot of bad quality images on the internet. Um, but and I can't remember, did we, I can't remember if we discussed this on the last episode or not. I can't remember. But I remember we, reading we said it. said
1: we would talk about we, we it. We would talk yeah. about it.
0: Okay, so there's a quote here that I really like. And I can't remember if I said this last time, but if I have, I apologise. But I think it's a good quote, so I'm going to say it again. I can't, I don't know really who the person is who said it. But he, the, the quote is, we don't need AI to make art. We need AI to write emails and clean the house and deliver the groceries so humans can make more art. And I think that's yes. I think that's right. But
1: yeah. yeah. And and the thing is, is I think you know, companies are going to be saying, you know, what why do we need a photographer? Why do we need a model? Why do we need to arrange a three-day shoot when I can get my picture, I can search what I want and get it in 60 seconds. Okay, well, it, co- it copyright might be an issue, now, right? Well, that's a, that Well, the copyright is another thing. And one of the reasons why this prompted me to talk about this was Getty Images. Are, I don't know whether they're suing a company, an, a, an artificial intelligence company, because I think they've been using some of their images. There's, there's a story that's out there somewhere. I'm, I'm not sure what. But, um, y- you know, and but the copyright is the big thing. But really, what it comes down to is people are going to look for the cheapest way of doing as long as they can get they can get the job that they want to. Um, they will use artificial intelligence and it's already being used because of 3D rendering you know you go y- you see a picture of a car or something and it's not a real car in an advert these days it's all 3D rendered you know uh, I was looking through a, a brochure not because we need a new kitchen or anything but I was looking at this kitchen brochure um, online over the weekend and none of that none of that's real photography it's all 3D rendered so it's already happening out there photographers are already being affected you know they saying the jobs of today are, you know um the jobs that existed 20 years ago and 50 years ago a lot of them don't exist these days because the way you know technology has changed things um and and that's going to keep on happening and this is a genuine thing where photographers i i think will be affected because of artificial intelligence you i mean lightroom um and uh you know lightroom and and other editing programs now where you can drop the sky in through ai you can change backgrounds just through ai you know you don't you don't need to have any editing skills to have to be able to do that and you can drop anything into the background and it looks blimming good as well it's just right so the concern there really is um artificial intelligence is is this something that we as photographers should be moving towards and studying and for those of us that are going to stay in 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 the industry now for the next 20 30 40 years or something is that is that what we should be studying and looking at rather than photography don't know what do you think
2: Oh, i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um i think it's work with both perhaps because you are you're going to have to transition at some point if it is going to be something that evolves that far along then you know you continue doing what you're doing but also learn that side of things as well for when the time comes when you're not needed as a photographer anymore perhaps
0: and I guess it also depends on the type of photography you're doing um, you <laughs> know that's that's not going to affect a wedding photographer really um, but I can see why it affects. affect Commercial photographers. Um, and yeah, you're right, you know, cars, a lot of that now is, is is it I mean, is it I can't just try and remember the name of the program, that free sort of rendering program. Is it Tumblr or something like that? I or can't remember like what that. it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, where you can just download it for free. And I mean, it's a massive, massive program. And it's really difficult to use. I've tried doing stuff with it, but it's 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 tough. Uh, but once you get the knack of it, I guess, then then you're away. Um, but yeah, I mean, artificial intelligence. I mean, l- l- Lightroom updates recently, you know, you can sort of enhance your sky and stuff like that. And it's basically just taking the the cutting out element of it, which is a pain in the bum. And it's not necessarily, you know, you can get good at using the pen tool in Photoshop, but it's not necessarily a skill I'm going to hold on to if the computer can do it for me, do you know what I mean? Because it just, it's half the time. So
2: yeah, it's sort of streamlining your work process. Isn't yeah. It? You spend absolutely. less time editing. And more time out creating, perhaps.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, and one of the things we always say is embrace technology because it's that's it, what's going to happen. So you got you don't really have a choice. Um, no, you to, don't. But you don't really, not really, because it, no. it will take over things. And yeah, uh, you know, I don't believe photography is it, it. It's photographers will always be needed because these artificial intelligence programs will still need, I think, source images as well to be able to work from. Yeah to yeah. a certain extent um at the moment when it comes to marketing agencies if they want to market a product other than 3d rendering they can't really use artificial intelligence as far as i know because the image is all really art based and like, painting that's what artificial intelligence images are when you type something into uh you know one of these um hmm. uh one of these programs um, at the moment but, and, and those yeah, things
0: aren't used in serious formats are they i mean they're
1: not really that it is very much experimental at the moment mm. i mean you can you know you can you know if you want to write content for your website you just go into one of these content creator things now you don't need a content writer now you can just go into a content creating uh <laughs> program yeah and, but uh, type that's, in what you want.
0: that's not our problem is it you know we're photographers not content writers so.
1: <laughs> no it's not But the thing is is that that can do it and it makes it individual as well you know this content yeah. creating there's content writing programs out there that you can say i want you know I want you to write me an article on um uh on uh, portrait photography in the style of Stephen King right and it and it will shoot it out for you within within 60
0: seconds. That'd <laughs> be an interesting read. <laughs> yeah that's
1: right yeah so um anyway that's uh, technology again so but that's what we're all about aren't we technology so um and I think that's it unless there's anything else you guys have got uh got, like to mention
2: no uh, not I, I,
0: no, not on my part either.
1: Um, Good stuff. I hope you've enjoyed <laughs> joining us, uh, Sarah.
2: I did very much. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, no problem at all. You're
0: no welcome. problem at all. I'll
1: let, I'll let I'll let Mark sign
0: off. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, I hope I hope you found it interesting and entertaining um and yeah don't forget to follow us we've got our social media platforms although as you probably recognize we don't post that very often but still still follow us that'd be fantastic um and also uh you know uh, subscribe to us on all the the main podcast uh debris, you know spotify and uh, amazon music and itunes and all that kind of stuff Um uh, so yeah please do subscribe and like and we will speak to you again at the next episode bye for now cheers
1: guys Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs>